If you would turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Today we come and we want to recognize that tomorrow is Memorial Day where I won't call it celebrate, but we honor men and women who have served in the military and made the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms that we enjoy today. You know, I was never in the military. I tried. I got sick. I joined the Army, took the oath, went to AFES, took the tests, everything. Got swore in, but I got sick. And they just decided that, well, he's sick. We don't want to fool with him. And they put me back on the bus and sent me home. But I want to thank you men and ladies for being willing to serve your country. If it wasn't for you, we would be in a world of hurt, wouldn't we? Thank you. But you know, when I think about it, soldiers come from all different backgrounds, don't they? they? They come from different backgrounds. Some are farmers, some are skilled workers, and, you know, some are just country folk off the farm. But once they put on that uniform, even though they come from all different backgrounds in life, they become soldiers. You know, there is a parallel with Christians, because we also come from all sorts of backgrounds, but once we receive Jesus as our personal Savior, we all become soldiers also, soldiers in the Lord's army, amen? Let's read our text, and we'll have a word of prayer, and we'll get started. It says, verse 9. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably We behaved ourselves among you that believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. Verse 12, that you would walk worthy of God who had called you unto his kingdom and glory. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you, and we're thankful for this opportunity to be in your house with your people this morning. And Father, we come with grateful hearts, Lord. We, we come thanking you, Lord, for giving us the freedoms that we enjoy through the sacrifices of men and women that have served this country and wore the flag upon their sleeves. Father, we thank you for their sacrifice. We thank you for their family sacrifice. But Lord, most of all, we thank you for your son's sacrifice, Lord. Where he went 
to Calvary to atone for our sins. And Father, we come this morning wanting to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Father, I pray as the word of God is broken, you'll bless it. You'll give me the words to say to encourage your people. And may your Holy Spirit move hearts this morning. And if there's one amongst us that knows not Christ and the free pardon of sin, let this be the day of their salvation before it's eternally too late. Be with the sick, be with the afflicted, be with those that are on the road traveling. Just be with those it's our duty to pray for. For we ask these things in Christ's holy and blessed name. Amen. Please be seated. In honor of our fallen, many monuments are built all around the country, even some around the world. In fact, uh, when I was over in Israel, me and Lori, we went to the Golan Heights, brother, did you? And you saw the memorial they have for that battle. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but they have this nice memorial there in the Golan Heights where the Seven Day War, they were fighting it. Do you, do y'all realize that they only had three tanks? You say, well, how do you know that? Well, one, I'm a history buff, but our guide was in one of those tanks, Aurier Ben David. And there were three tanks against, I think there was 31, 27 or 31 Egyptian tanks there. And do you know, with God's providence and with his power, those three tanks destroyed, I don't remember how many, and put the others on the run. But God gave Israel the victory. And I remember asking Aryeh, I said, Aryeh, were you scared? I mean, see all of those tanks, and here you are, and you got two others on your side, and you're supposed to hold off. Were you scared? And he says, well, I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't. But I said, well, what made you stand your ground? Why, why didn't you just, you know what, the odds are against us. Let's just go. He said, no, I was a soldier. I was committed. And when I think of a soldier, and by the way, we are soldiers, those of us that are saved. We're in the Lord's army. But when I think of sacrifice, and I think of commitment, and I think of a monument, and there's great monuments, and I've seen a few of them in my life. The greatest two monuments that there are in history and in the world today is one, the cross of Calvary, and two, the empty tomb. The empty tomb. Those are wonderful monuments to a Savior that gave his life for us. And because of his sacrifice, we 
hath freedom and liberty through him. Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica. And he's encouraging them. And I want to use the words that Arya gave me when he said, I'm just a good soldier. Just a soldier. That's why I stood my ground. I didn't jump, fly off. And by the way, his tank was hit three times. And you know what? It wasn't destroyed. Tell me God doesn't protect his people. Amen. So with that said, we're going to look at a good soldier. He starts off (coughs) in verse 9, and he says, For ye remember, brethren, again we're talking about the church at Thessalonica, the believers there. He says, You remember, brethren, our labor and travail. You see, when you, those of you that are before me this morning that served in the military, you had quite a task, didn't you? And it wasn't an easy task. You know, being in the military, it looks glorious in the movies, doesn't it? But there's a difference between movie scripts and the real thing. And if you'll notice, y'all were all given orders, were you not? And you all had different jobs. Now, there may have been hundreds in your company, but each one of you soldiers had a specific job to do, correct? And there was a lot of labor and travail in that job. That's just like the Apostle Paul. He was a wonderful soldier for the Lord because he had a rough job also. You see, his job was to preach the gospel. And understand, he would preach in the synagogues during the day. And at nighttime, guess where he was? He was tent making. And he was still sharing the gospel. And he did it day after day after day. Because that's what he was called to do. And that's just like a good soldier. They're called to serve. And you and I as believers have been called to serve. Amen. We have been saved to serve. And we are soldiers. Oh, it's true. (laughs) Might not be the same type of warfare. But you and I are in a spiritual warfare every single day against our foe, Satan. And sometimes we act like, oh, I'm going to let somebody else do it. Let me ask you a question. Again, I never got to serve in the military, but let me ask you a question. If you were told by your commander to do your specific job, did you ever back top Kim and say, no, I don't think I'll do that? You didn't, did you? Absolutely not. If you had, you'd be in the brig. Right? You don't tell your commander, I don't feel like doing it today. And by the way, I'll just push it off on somebody else. You take my duty. It doesn't 
work that way. You are called to labor. And it might be 24 hours a day. And by the way, there's times I'm sure y'all had to stay up day and night. That's why they train you for that. But you didn't dare stop doing and meeting your requirements until you were told you're relieved. Can I tell you something? None of us have been relieved of duty. We know His return is close. We know He's coming back. But we're still supposed to serve Him until we are relieved. And there's a term that you in the military know very well. It's called AWOL. Absent without leave. Correct? You know what's wrong with our churches today? we got a lot of AWOL Christians. Amen? They are AWOL. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you why. You know why? It's because they have a religion, but they don't have a relationship. The reason they stopped serving God is because they don't have a relationship with the Lord. Religion... Y'all get this. Mark it down. Pastor told me so. The reason they stop on God and they quit on God is because religion will only go so far. But when you have a relationship with the Lord, you know what? You're willing to labor and travail. And when you are in the military, you have a job to do, you are willing to do the job. Amen? Now notice what he says. He says, for you remember, brethren, our labor and travail. By the way, that word travail, hard, difficult. How many of you had an easy job in the military? Yeah, Brother Clyde, you kind of did. I would have liked your job. What did you do? Give out money? Payroll. Oh, that would have been a good job. That would have been a great job. Anyways, there was, there's one amongst us that had an easy job in the Marine Corps, Brother Clyde. But anyways, praise the Lord, thank you for your service. It was a job. Those guys, believe me, you wanted to make sure they were paid. Notice our labor and travail. For laboring night and day. Again, the Apostle Paul, when he was there in Thessalonica, he was out there however long it took to share the gospel because he was saved by the blood and called of God to preach Christ. And day and night... And I'm sure there were many times that it would probably have been hard. and He'd have gotten tired. But he never once quit on God. He never went AWOL. He continued to labor night and day. And then he says, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, 
Of course, he was a tent maker. He was bivocational as a preacher. But notice what he says. We preached unto you the gospel of God. You see, he was a soldier in the Lord's army, called to serve with a distinct job to do for the Savior, and he preached. In fact, remember what he said over in Acts. He said, I shunned not to preach to you the whole counsel of God. He also said just before that, in the verse above, I am free from the blood on men's hands. He shared the gospel. That's what a soldier does. They are committed and faithful. They labor night and day doing what they've been called to do, and that's serve. Who do they serve? They serve our country. They serve you and me. We as God's children, we that are saved, we are to serve one another. And we're to serve through his church. Amen? Through his church. And what's sad today is most folks don't even give it a second thought concerning the church. They think, well, you know, if I feel like showing up, I'll show up. And if I don't feel like it, I'm not showing up. That's okay. You know, God counts on you and me. He counts on us being here. Now, I know there's times we're going to be sick. There's times we have an illness. You got an illness, you can't be here. Brother George would love to be here. You can't be here. There's others. God understands that and so do I, and I'm not talking to you. I'm thankful that you're here and you encourage me. When I get to the point where I can't come to church, I want to encourage others. Take advantage. Because one of these days, if the Lord tarries and we get older, we may not be able to be here. Notice what he said. We preached anew the gospel of God. And then notice what he said in verse 10. Ye are witnesses. Preacher, you mean to tell me people watch me? (laughs) Yeah. In fact, they read us like a book, don't they? And you don't even have to tell them who you are or what you are because they already know what you are. Just by watching. Amen? You see, my question is, what do they see when they see us? Dads, what does your kids see when they see you? Do they see you just as religious on Sunday morning? 
and that's it? Or do they see that you love the Lord? What about you mothers? What do your kids see? What about you Sunday school teachers? What about you preachers? What do people see? Because, you see, the Apostle Paul is telling the church, hey, y'all watch me like a hawk. You're always watching me. And I, to the best of my ability, am trying to be an example to you and follow God so that you won't allow anything to come between you and your service to the Lord. Notice what he said. He said, your witnesses and God also. You mean God watches? Folks, he knows exactly where we're at this morning. He knows where you're at in your pew this morning. And I'm really going to blow your mind. He knows what you're thinking. He knows if your mind is on the ball game at home. He knows what's on your mind. What am I going to eat for lunch today? the restaurant he knows all of that we tend to forget who he is he knows why we're here notice your witnesses and God also how holily justly and unblameably we behaved among ourselves among you that believe notice Paul's telling that's the Nikens. He goes, I'm trying to live holy, and I'm trying to live unblameably. I'm trying to live in a manner that encourages you be a good soldier. Stay in the fight and follow the Lord. And beloved, we need to remember because people do watch us, we should be living as holy as we can. Not perfection. We're not going to have that here. We will have it in heaven. But we can practice and live lives of holiness. You say, well, I don't know how I would do that. Well, let me tell you. Don't go where you're not supposed to go. Don't do, don't do what you're not supposed to do. Abstain from all appearances of evil. And guess what? You won't be perfect, but you will be living a holy, righteous life before the Lord. And He will honor you for that. He will bless you for that. And people will see there must be something to this Christianity. Because they don't have the same issues I have. Well, we have issues, but the difference is we also have the Holy Spirit that empowers us to live and walk holy and unblameable before God. And here's my favorite. I'm forgiven. How about you? That's the thing. I'm forgiven. Not perfect, but forgiven. Now, notice what else Paul says here. He says, We 
behaved ourselves among you that believe. Verse 11, as you know how we exhorted. And let me just stop right there a second. Notice what he said. Paul said, I exhorted you. I lifted you up. I didn't drag you down. I didn't pull you down. I didn't talk bad about you, but I exhorted you. I encouraged you. How many here need an encouraging word? All of us do from time to time. Sometimes there is such a thing. Those of you that served in the military, it's called battle fatigue. It's called low morale. There are times that we have to be encouraged. And it's no different in the churches today. Amen. Amen. Now don't get me wrong. When we're going down the wrong way, we're supposed to stand. And we're supposed to admonish. But we're also supposed to encourage from time to time. Amen. Sometimes I feel like we do too much not encouraging. We forget about bragging on all the good things that we do. We only want to pick out the things that we don't do so well. Amen. Uh-uh. Paul said, I exhorted you. And we need to exhort one another. And And brothers and sisters, when you and I get into the habit of tearing people down, talking about somebody, just a little FYI for you, because I want to help you. When you talk about me or I talk about you, what I'm doing is I'm talking about the Lord. When I tear you down, when I tear you down, I'm tearing down the Lord because I'm talking about you. Y'all need to write that down. Remember, when you start talking about one another, if it's not to exhort and encourage, you're tearing down the Lord. You're talking about one of us, You're talking about him. Be careful. Be careful. And I guess I don't have to ask show of hands how many of you have ever talked about somebody. That's what I thought. Well, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I've done it before. I need to remember it's about building up, not tearing down. Do a lot of harm tearing down. Some will say, well, we need to start all over. I don't want to start all over. I want to go forward. And I want God's blessing. I've done that. Rebuild stuff. It's hard. Especially when you got a bunch of Corinthians. Amen? It's hard. Now, notice what he said. And by the way, 
some of you soldiers, you might have been down a time or two, huh? Strain and the stress, hard on you. But there was always that one, huh? Could have been a commander, someone over you in charge, a sergeant. But there was always that one strong soldier that would encourage you, hey, we got this. We got this. And church, we've got this. Listen, Jesus is coming back. He's coming soon. We've already won victory through him. Through him. We've got this. But we've got to stay at our post. Amen? Now, he said, and as you know how we exhorted and comforted Again, exhortation and comfort go hand in hand. Sometimes, just a kind word makes all the difference in the world. You ever been down in somebody, God put somebody in front of you, didn't even know, but they said something that just encouraged you in such a way that, boy, it changed your whole outlook. Have you ever been there? We all have. You think that's by accident? No, God knows what he's doing. He knows what we need. He said, you know, we've exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. Notice that charged. What's he talking about? What did he charge them? Money? He's not talking about money there. He's talking about their stand and faith in Christ and his word. That's what he charged them about, Thessalonians. See, back then they had some crazy teaching going on. But we got crazy teaching going on here today in the world. It's everywhere. But he charged them... Keep the faith. Stay at your post. Don't go AWOL and stand. You and I, as believers, can't afford to just take any old thing as it comes down the pike. Oh, that kind of makes sense. No. I know the devil's subtle and he'll make God's word sound good and he'll twist it. It might be just here or over there just a little bit, but it's still false. And we have to guard and protect against that. And we have been charged, Lone Mountain Baptist Church, we have been charged with the gospel of Jesus Christ and we have to preach it, we have to teach it, and we've got to stand by it we can't give in to the whims of Satan and the world you see have you noticed society the world today it's all about inclusion all about inclusion doesn't matter what you believe just we are all we just need to come together and the Lord's going to pat us on the head and be thankful 
Yes, the gospel is for everyone. And yes, we want to preach and teach the word of God and we want as many to hear it so that they get saved. But listen to me. We have nothing in common with the world. We have nothing in common with false churches. False churches. And there's one on every corner anymore. So we have to stand. That's why he charged them. But he did one other thing. Notice what he said in verse 12. That ye would walk. Worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. We need to continue to walk. It's not over with yet. He's coming soon. And then it'll be over and we don't have to continue. But right now, we got to continue to walk. And we have to continue to serve. Why? Paul answered himself when he said to continue to walk. So... God might be glorified. That's why we do it for the Lord. I encourage you this morning. You are a soldier, whether you won't admit it or not. If you've trusted Jesus, you're a soldier of Christ. You're in his army. You can't just up and turn tail and run. I'll say something and I won't charge you. We all know that we're going to stand and give an account to him, right? Things we've done good and bad in these bodies, right? So the Christian is the judgment seat of Christ. And of course, yes, that is not to determine if you and I are saved and going to heaven. That is to determine our rewards for our service for the Lord. But have you ever stopped to think, we as Christians, when we stand there, Given the count to the Lord for our service. What will we think and what will we do if every opportunity we had to serve the Lord runs right before us? And all of those times we had all those opportunities and we didn't take advantage of those. How are we going to feel when we look at our Savior And we see those scars. And we remember how he suffered for us. Stay at your post, child of God. We're going to still have battles. Yes, victory has been won. But there will still be battles. Put on the armor and stand your ground and serve until the trumpet sounds. Not one of these gentlemen that stood up
this morning that wasn't proud to put on the uniform. Wear that flag as a child of God you and I should be even more proud to call him Savior and to call him Commander in Chief. Amen? Because he is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. And every knee one day will bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus Christ is Lord. What's it going to be? If you're a child of God, I encourage you. If there's areas in your life that you need work and help with, bring them to Jesus. He can handle it. He'll give you what you need. If you're here and you have yet to enlist come he wants to save you and then he wants to use you so what do you need this morning would you stand with me